Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast, Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Coming up, we've got a great guest for you today, Max Letterman, Emmy Award winner and associate producer for NBC Sports Boston. We're going to talk to Max about the elite caption game on every single Celtics broadcast that you see and just his role generally and how that came to be. Plus, some friendly Sixers, Celtics banter and Max's take on the upcoming playoffs and potential moves to be made in the offseason for the Celtics. Wayne Spoonie is on the call. Let's get into it. All right, folks, we're very excited to welcome associate producer for NBC Sports Boston and Emmy Award winner, Max Letterman. Max, thanks for coming on. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Uh, thank you for introducing me with my Emmy. <laughs> People can't see it. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, it's, uh, we're very excited to have you on. Um, let's just jump straight into it. I mean, you've been responsible for some great on-air segments, such as Fireside Stats and What's Trending. Your captions, I assume they're your captions on the broadcast, are celebrated wildly and widely across the fan base. Tell us about your role there at NBC Sports Boston and maybe like what else you've got going on behind the scenes there. Uh, yeah, so I'm mainly just the pre and uh, post game show, uh, either associate producer or producer, depending on the night. Um, my main role is doing the graphics, the uh, the captions and stuff like that. Um, you know, throughout the years I was editing back in, you know, 2010, um, on all the different shows and it was right around, uh, the summer of 2013 going into the 13, 14 season that I, you know, became the main Celtics, uh, AP and, you know, it's, it's been like that ever since I love it. It's been great. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, on a nightly basis, you know, there's a lot of like sponsored stuff that we have to do in the pregame show, you know, so we just meet up, we try to figure out what the themes are, the game stories, uh, and we build graphics, you know, based on that. And we put a little sponsorship on it and they pay us. And that's great. That's, you know, how <laughs> I can send my kids to college, hopefully one day. Um, and yeah, and that's good. And then we watch the game and um, do the halftime show that nobody watches. And then we do the postgame <laughs> show, which a lot of people do. Um, and that's where we have the most fun uh, is on those name keys and, uh, you know, the stack graphics for when uh, there's video of the players up there. And, um, you know, that's that's obviously the best part. Yeah, and we actually just landed our first sponsor. I think we're a long way away from putting my kid through college with what, what it's going to get paid, but that's all right. So, uh, how did you land at NBC Sports Boston? Like, and were you always like a basketball guy growing up? And you're like, I want to work at sports. I want to work at basketball. I want to do basketball media. Is it, or did you just kind of? It was an opportunity, and you jumped on it. Yeah, I wanted to be on Sports Center when I was a uh, little. Yeah. I wanted to be Stuart Scott. Um, that was like my dream. Uh, and then I went to college at Northeastern. You know, so I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I went to college at Northeastern University, and they have the co-op program. And you know, my first internship was at a station called CN8, which no longer exists, but they had a sports show there. And uh, I met a producer there who went to Nesson. And so I got my next internship at Nesson, and that's where I began. Um, I was there for three years as a PA, um, and the connections that I made there is how I got to what was then Comcast Sportsnet uh, New England, which is now NBC Sports Boston. 
um, as a freelance editor and then as a PA and then as an AP. Um, and yeah, basketball, um, I think in one of my interviews for, you know, when I first got to NBC, it was, you know, they asked me what my favorite sport was. And I think I, I can't even remember how it, basketball. I just love it. I love it so much. Yep. It's, it's, it's pure love too. It's like, I can't even really explain it. It's, I love shooting. I love playing with my friends. I love watching it. I love, you know, just because I, I just feel like it's one of those things where you can see yourself getting better, even if it's just by yourself when you're shooting. And it's just like, I love that. It, it feels great. Um, and I just love watching it. I, I, but I, growing up, I probably, probably flyers, probably hockey was my number one. Cause my dad's company had season tickets. So we got to go to a ton of games and the Sixers were just such trash <laughs> before Iverson got there that nobody cared. Uh, and then Iverson, you know, he came along and that was really where the love affair began. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, I met my wife at Northeastern, so I kind of got, you know, a legally binding contract keeping me <laughs> sure, up here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got, I got a job at uh sports station and uh, that's where, you know, I was like, man, this is great. There's no complaints. And I actually do think it's kind of a benefit. Um, you're not being the team that you grew up uh, rooting for covering that team. Cause I can just be like a little bit more level headed about it. Like if you asked me to cover the Sixers, it would be nothing but like negativity. Yeah. It would just be pure negativity. <laughs> Cause it's just, there's a thin line between love and hate and it's mostly hate. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we feel you covering the Celtics uh, to our, uh, you know, small little audience here. Um, you mentioned your Sixers fandom. I would equate that you are working covering the Celtics to like a vegan working in a meatpacking house. Like just seems, you know, with everything that's going on with the rivalry between the Sixers and the Celtics, um, it, it seems like it must must be somewhat brutal to rock up to work every day and, and like cover Jason Tatum, who, you know, the Sixers infamously traded down to avoid uh, or traded up to avoid. Yeah, um, who'd they get? I don't, I don't remember who they took. Marco, Marco Fultz. Yeah. yeah. We don't need oh, to go into right. that. Oh, right. We're going to yeah. go into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a, a question here from uh, a Reddit user, as we, we tend to do on the, the Celtics Reddit podcast. So a user, I hate clutch sports, says, isn't he a Celtics fan, which we've established? Sorry, isn't he a Sixers fan? How does he balance that with working as a Celtics guy? Yeah, um, so it wasn't a problem at the beginning because the Sixers were so bad. They were tanking in the process and all that stuff. And, you know, it, the teams weren't good at the same time, like, uh, yeah, the the rivalry wasn't really anything for me. Like in the eight, early eighties, I mean, you know, most of it I wasn't alive for, and when I was, I was just too little to mm -hmm. care. Um, and it wasn't until honestly recently, and I just like I separate church and state. Yeah. you know, work is work. <laughs> you know, fandom is fandom. It doesn't matter what I think. Who I want to win, uh, I don't impact the game. And and my job is you know to be to put on TV what Celtics fans want. It's not about like being objective, like an objective journalist. That's not my job. I didn't go to college to be a journalist. I hate it when people call me that. Journalists are important. I'm not. I put <laughs> funny memes on TV. Uh, so I try to spin it as positively as possible as I can for Celtics fans. So, um, you know, when they play each other in the playoffs and stuff, it, I put it this way. I can either look at it two ways. I either lose either way or I win either way. So I win either way. You know, if, the Sixers beat the Celtics and yay, the team I, I grew up rooting for won. But if the, the Celtics beat them, great, because they're still playing and I love my job. I love this. Uh, I love the season. You know, the only Celtics losses that really hurt me 
are the last loss of the season when they're eliminated because that means it's over, sure. you yeah. know, and we have to wait. Um, so that's how I look at it. It doesn't like people always ask, like they, some people like really get upset that when they find out I'm a Sixers fan, they're like, Oh, you're just a Sixers Double fan. Agent. We're, you know, it's like, man, fire this matter. guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm an adult. I have kids. I have a house, you know, like the team that I grew up rooting for doesn't, it doesn't impact my job. I try to be professional. Um, and like I said, if it were, if I were doing this down in Philly for the Sixers broadcast, it would just be. You know, Joel Embiid hates Max because he didn't win the game or something. You know, it would be. Is there a part of you that like that hopes that that opportunity comes up at some point where you could really because like your the way that you portray internet sports fandom online is really accurate. And I think it's a really good reflection of of how the fan base feels. Is there a part of you that that wants to sort of flex that muscle in the Sixers space? Um, no. I so I'm some of my my best harshest you know things that I've done have been like anti Sixers and maybe it's like a subconscious, like trying to overcompensate, yeah. be like, look, see, yeah. <laughs> I'm team Celtics here. Sure. Um, but it really is just cause the, the situations usually call for it. Like the, uh, the best meme that I ever put on TV for the what's trending was, uh, I can't, re- I can't remember any of the usernames, but, uh, Whoever made the one where it was the Will Chamberlain 100, but they put Ben Simmons' head on one. it, and he's just the one. <laughs> the yeah. one, yeah. The day, the day he scored one Class point ass. in the playoff game. I mean, that was phenomenal. And we we had a like a summit. Uh, we used to every summer before the pandemic, all the uh, the NBC Sports regional networks would, you know, all the basketball teams, uh, production teams would come in, and we would have like a summit, and we presented our. Uh, the what's trending segment to the group and all the Philly people were dying laughing at that one too. I mean, you just had to, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's just sports. And that's like the For whole sure. approach that I take to those, those name graphics and stuff is like, man, what are we doing? Trying to be serious here. It's, you know, we're not doctors. We're not curing diseases. And we're just, you know, we're talking about other people playing sports and it's fun. And let's not forget that. That meme is so good that I actually see Sixers fans now with it as like their Twitter profile. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. It's great because get him out of here. I'm like, oh, he scored one point in a game. Yeah, now it's okay. So are, as a, as a Sixers, yeah, right, yeah. As a Sixers fan, are you like, do you and Forsberg like talk trash sometimes during a playoff series? Like, what is your view as a Philly fan of like? following the Celtics maybe more closely than the Sixers, I imagine, at this unavoidably. Oh, yeah. I cover, I've seen every minute of the the Celtics, you know, since the start of the Brad Steve, Stevens era, I've right. watched every minute of every game at least once, um, sometimes multiple times if I'm going back to watch something. But uh, the Sixers, I mean, there's like a dark period uh, with the process <laughs> yeah. where I got league pass and I – just to tune in to watch Nerland's Noel. Uh, no, thanks. I was like, all right, Warriors are pretty good. We're going to use it to watch that. Um, yeah. Formerly the Philadelphia yeah, Warriors, I, by the, the way. The Celtics and Sixers play. Right, exactly. We can take ownership exactly. of that. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the Celtics and the Sixers play at the same time almost every mm-hmm. single night. And um, I have league pass, so I'll only watch the Sixers if they win. So Because I know the outcome. You know, right. so I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. They lost, you know, Harden played terrible. Why do I want to put myself through that? Stay up late watching this. So, um, yeah, I definitely cover the, or I definitely know more about the Celtics than I do the Sixers. I'm just a fan with the Sixers. I'm very, I wouldn't say casual about, like, I'm not a casual sure. Sixers fan. I'm, you know, you know, I'm pretty 
upset when they're bad and things like that. But, you know, we don't, me and Forsberg don't talk trash or anything. It's, if anything, it's just negative. Because when I'm in, in the building for work, it's all like Celtics. You mm-hmm. know, sure. it's, um, you know, trade deadline was a little different when they got hard and I may have made a fool of myself a little bit in the newsroom. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't like at the expense of the Celtics. It's always, you know, because it's good. It's good for my professional life when the Celtics do well. And I, you know, I do like the team. I love Marcus Smart. Um, you know, I'm emotionally invested in the team. I've cover- covered them for too long not to be. I'm emotionally invested in, you know, the well-being of the fans who I've I've grown to love and uh, be friends with. You know, it's 15, God, maybe 20 years since I've been up here. I don't want to do the math. So um, we've got a we'll, – we'll uh... – Let's shift gears a little bit here, and we're going to go back to one of our Reddit questions. And user Kakali4, uh, did you ever get in trouble for anything you've put on air? Like, even from, like, a player's camp, like, Westbrook's camp reaching out and saying, like, who is this dude? Why, why is he, like, making fun of me on your broadcast? And what's one thing you wanted to put, but maybe would have been too harsh, too savage, and you just couldn't do it. Oh, the savage one. There's definitely in it's so to say I've never gotten in trouble for anything. Yeah. Um the first time I did one um was actually during a like a news cut in that we do during the the Felgram as radio simulcast mm-hmm. and I was just in a bad mood one day <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I'm it was a Bruins one. It was like during the summer, so I was like you know, on the little graphic, I put Bruins colon, you know, 200 days since last law lo- or haven't lost in 200 days or something like that, just to make a joke. Uh, and one of my bosses was like, I just want you to know, I saw that. <laughs> um, and he didn't tell me not to. Yeah, right. I was like, I take that as a go ahead, yeah, do it. Green light. <laughs> With the Celtics one. The Celtics one I did uh, was the Marcus Smart uh, com- leads the NBA in combat muscles and grit. Um, and I just. I just always asked the main producer of the uh, pre and post game show if I could do stuff. And he was always like, why don't we just do a regular one? And finally one day he was just like, okay, he just said yes. <laughs> and I was so shocked and we did it. And the fact that like part of my take, like those guys yep. were screen grabbing it and posting it on Instagram and so many people were texting me. I just kept forwarding it to him. I'm like, look, they like it. They like it. They like it. And ever since then, he's just been like, as long as it's not something that will get us in trouble, go ahead. And um, at one point, one of our higher up bosses did say, like, the Celtics are aware. They know what's going on. They don't say they don't like it, but they just, you know, he was just like, I just want you to know that they're, they see this stuff. And, you know, that was a little. Dad's watching. Just (laughs) Right. And um, there may have been something similar with the Westbrook thing, but. no, never gotten in trouble. No one's ever reached out. Um, and, you know, it's and I see it a lot of places. It's kind of it's kind of evolved and gone, you know, pretty national. And I love that because at the end of the day, like I said before, it's just sports, man. We're just having fun. Um, you know, and athletes are public figures. I I hope any of the mean ones, the guys, don't see it because <laughs> it's not for that. I'm not, you know, people are like, yeah. you wouldn't say that to his face. I'm like, of Correct. course I wouldn't. Correct. That would be mean to say that to their face. <laughs> I'm observing a public figure online or on yeah. TV and hopefully they don't see it. But uh, at the end of the day, like I said, it's just for fun. But as far as the savage ones, let's put it this way. If there is anything that I wanted to put on a banner that I didn't, 
I probably wouldn't say it now because it was that inappropriate. Gotcha, yeah, I understand. <laughs> but, I, but I can't think of one. Yeah, that answer will suffice. Um, hope you're enjoying the chat with Max Letham. And a quick break now to talk about our sponsor. Support for the Celtics Reddit podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CRPOD at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's like 8 million balls, give or take. I don't know. As a man well into his 30s, I've got hair popping up in all kinds of weird places. It's almost like a second puberty. Manscaped sent me out a performance package 4.0 and man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball slash body trimmer ever, maybe? Definitely in my experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor, but you thought that was good and you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer, and believe me, as you as you advance in age, these uh, <laughs> nose and ear trimmers are, are more than necessary. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you and your partners potentially as well, hopefully. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxes to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code CRPOD. That's CR as in Celtics Reddit, POD as in podcast. Support the podcast, and more importantly, support yourself. Manscaped.com, discount code CRPOD. Yeah, I was I was interested to hear about like you um, getting those, I, I guess, like casual or modern snippets on, on the captions there um, during the games because... You know, the older people of our generation get, the more of a of a chunk of um of viewers are from this like internet raised generation. And you, you kinda touched on it there, but like what were those conversations like with like senior production team members in terms of like we need to start shifting the content to focus on what is becoming a larger part of our audience and people who grew up with the internet and grew up with memes and are expecting like more of a casual approach to to sports fan. And what what was that like in terms of initially bringing that idea to the production team? Um, you know, it was there. I'm just pretty fortunate. The the bosses at my company are pretty open minded with stuff, uh, especially like newer things. They they know what they don't know, and they're like, okay, yeah. all right, if you say so. Um, like one time, they thought we had a typo on a you know multiple times. One was the Marcus Smart. We put Smart instead of Smart. <laughs> And then I put as like the, you know, the bullet point was it's not a typo. Um, and then one other time really early in the process, 
I can't remember if they even made me change this one. I can't. It may have been Al Horford, but it was uh, put some respect on his yep. name, and they thought I misspelled respect. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, just trust me. It's like an internet <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> uh, and they're like, I have never seen that. I'm like, well, how often are you on Twitter <laughs> or you know Reddit or on Instagram? Like, good point. So they're pretty. They're pretty open to just you know rolling with it. Um, but it is. Um, I do think about that and I make a lot of jokes sometimes where it's like, so like a third of the people won't get it, but they'll like it. A third of the people won't get it and they'll hate it. And a third of the people or even smaller will get it uh, and hate it. You know, like it's just like there's, it's a small percentage of people that are like the target of the exact joke, but it's not something that's going to turn people off from the broadcast. They're not going to be like, well, I'm not going to tune in now because I didn't understand what the heck that meant. (laughs) Um, so, and we don't do it that often. Like, it seems like we do, but we really, I mean, it's not, um, it's not something like every single show. Cause that could annoy people, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I feel like we have a pretty good balance with it. Yes. Yeah, so, um, our user Z gamer 200, which is a, he participates a lot in our, user. uh, discussions and stuff. So we, yeah, we, yeah, right. We appreciate you Z gamer. <laughs> Where would you say, other than obviously your brain, that you get your meme game from? Like, are you trolling Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, all the social media? Like, are you very online or do you just kind of see something you like and you're like, I got to remember that in case, you know, I can deploy this on a banner at some point. And how do you decide what's worth it? Like, what's worth going on air? Like, what's your process? So there's, um, I mean, it's, it's thumb online. I'm too online. That's where <laughs> it all comes from. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually just Twitter, which is terrible. Um, and, and sometimes darker and, and then it should be, um, <laughs> right. but, uh, it's usually just from being online. Uh, you know, Reddit, I think still has, you know, when I, when I, um, I check it pretty regularly, just, you know, make sure I'm not missing Mostly just for like headlines and storylines yep. and stuff. Um, but, you know, in Reddit, I feel like I see more memes now than I do on Twitter. I don't see Twitter memes. You know, people still tag me almost every single day in stuff. And, you know, I'll retweet and everything, but we don't we do not do that segment anymore. Um, but the, you know, that's where the, the inspiration is just kind of just super organic. And if I'm not sure of one, I just won't do it usually. It it really to me it's like that's the the thing that I think separates us and I'm I'm not alone. I do have um one other person, uh my friend Mark who works with us who does, you know, probably half the ones that you guys love are, are his um but you know, I always say I take <laughs> I take all the credit for him but I also take the blame. Right. Yeah. Um but he um so if I'm question like I'll I'll look over at him he sits next to me in the control room and be like what do you think of this one? Uh, and he'll either, you know, he'll be like, mm, and if I don't like his, his facial expression, I'll just, I just won't do it. And, but like our, our, like, we're really proud of the fact that we don't force it. Like the, um, the web department, when we first started doing it, used to kind of get annoyed. They're like, why didn't you tell us you were going to do it so we can screen grab it. <laughs> and instead of other people. And I was like, well, I mean, don't we want the other people to screen yeah. grab it? And I don't know when I'm going to do it. I don't have time to just, let me just call this person here and like, Hey, during this live TV show, we're going to, you know, we're going to do something. So be ready. Just watch the show. And if you see something you like screen, grab it. Um, But yeah, it really, it's, 
It's it depends, you know, it's the vibe of the team too. Like the last year really hasn't been like last season, especially there's just, it was just, man, the pandemic. Ooh, it really sucked the energy out yeah. of just being a sports fan <laughs> in general. And, and so that just didn't really feel like a ton this year. It like in the beginning of the run, it was like, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to jinx it by starting to get cute with our graphics <laughs> again. Uh, although the, the, uh, the Schroeder one, the Westbrook one was earlier in the season. But I mean, look, any chance you can dunk on the Lakers. And that's one thing the Sixers Celtics fans can agree on. That's know, for sure. The yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we don't we don't force it and and we I, I don't feel like we haven't done a ton this year really either. Do you have any captions or graphics or content saved away, ready to deploy for a moment that hasn't happened yet that you hope might happen if that makes sense i was struggling to articulate this question properly so hopefully that makes sense no i know what you mean and uh i don't like but it's not like i i wouldn't i have in the past i can't i was trying to think of examples but i know for sure in the past like i've had one like oh man they it sucks that they lost tonight because i totally yeah, would have right. used this um but i don't currently have any you know in the the holster ready to go um, but it, it has in the past where there's been one, like, I'm just waiting for the right moment to unleash this one. Um, I'm trying to think what any of the more, oh, and the most, I think the most recent one I did was on, uh, you know, Tatum was with Deuce in the post game interview. So it's like, I got to do something about him sunning the NBA <laughs> and, and that's the well, one received. I did there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, very. right. And so Deuce was there and then Marcus w- was shirtless with one. And so I was like, we told you about the <laughs> combat muscles, um, you know, cause it was like, r- it made sense with the specific image we were looking at. Um, but yeah, sometimes I do have stuff, but I don't currently. So if you got ideas, send them. Will we do. Will. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so speaking of online content, the Celtics had like, maybe the most legendary group of online content creators in the world in Weird Celtics Twitter. And I mean, in your opinion, is Weird Celtics Twitter dead? And do you think that's the peak of online fandom or is there something else better coming? I mean, there's definitely something else coming. I don't know if it's going to be better, right. maybe worse, but I guess it's all about your point of view. <laughs> um, yeah, Weird Celtics Twitter was a moment, I would say. It is... Uh, the the pandemic really kind of like I said it sucked the joy out a little and it got real dark on on mm-hmm. Twitter in general, and so that when we came back for the bubble it just we tried it like we tried to do a segment with me um, from my basement actually where I am now and you know where I would put the memes up and just it just didn't feel right and I think they even declared themselves dead and I say they I was for sure a part of it um, but I you know. It was definitely awesome, and I, I but I, yeah. I wouldn't say that we can't, you know, get back there or to something like it. But that was for a great, like, like those teams were super underdogish. Uh, you know, they had mega stars on their team that got hurt, and so you know the hospital Celtics, um, and then the Jays coming alive, and just uh, it was a kind of a lightning strike, you know, perfect timing for all of these things to come together. Uh, and then the pandemic kind of, you know, tore it kind of apart. And, and part of it, too, is I think probably a lot of the the power users just got a little bit older, you know, maybe just, you know, less online now, maybe making better choices about what they do with their time. Like, I <laughs> probably should. Um, 
But, you know, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Riffs, man. <laughs> Legend. He is great. And it, honestly, part of it, too, was him just being like, look, I need to, you know, from my own mental health, get out of here for a little bit. And I absolutely agree with that because there were times when, you know, you're I'm just on here trying to talk about basketball, make jokes and stuff. But it was just society and life was so yeah. depressing that you just really you couldn't escape it. And the best thing to do is just put a movie on or something and and just log off. So um, it really kind of did fizzle out. But I I don't think it's it. It can't come back. I think that uh, this team is really good and we'll see what happens in the playoffs like. Terry Rozier versus the Bucks that first round in 18 was like, I mean, that was one of the moments where it it had already started, but it really, really got going with him and the Eric Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe stuff. Yeah. It was just awesome. So who knows what will happen in the playoffs if somebody stumbles on a word and, you know, it becomes a meme. It absolutely could. <laughs> so I won't say it's dead for sure, but uh, yeah, it did kind of mm -hmm. fizzle out a little. I, I think you're spot on too with just, the team was it was so unexpectedly great like even this year it's like we're gonna be good again right right we're gonna be good it was almost like you were more worried than excited and when that team beat the bucks and then uh then philly after it was just like what are we gonna go to the finals like the vibes were just so incredible that might be the most fun i've ever had watching the celtics and, you know, I watched the 08 run. That was obviously great. But it's something about, like, a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old and, old, you know, Al Horford leading your team when you got $400 million on the bench that you you kind of, like, appreciate it in the moment and bottle it up and just, like, get drunk off it for the rest of your life. Because you'll never know when you're going to get a run like that again, man. And you know who had a great point? Scal, I don't remember when he made this, but... Uh, he made a great point once. He said, what Boston wants isn't uh, you know, a great team that's winning a championship every year. They just want you to exceed expectations. Yeah, true. They want you to either, you know, at the very least, you better meet them, but you have to exceed them if you want that kind of the celebration like we had. And it really is. Like, if that's why I'm loving this season. I guess I was more down on this, this team going into the season than a lot of people because I thought, like, I was shooting for like try to not have to do the playing, but like, you know, you're not gonna be hosting a playoff series. You know, try to get the six, but like playing's more likely. And so they have absolutely exceeded my expectation. I mean, they've been so good, so good for months, um, that it really is awesome. And it's so fun because it's you know, you're just seeing these young guys, these thoroughbreds that everyone wanted to trade that are, you know, just you know, sticking it to the critics and just looking like they're having fun doing it. And it's great. Yeah. And they like know they're sticking it to the critics too, which I really appreciate. So how, how confident would you be Celtics Sixers second round? Like, how do you feel from as a Sixers fan? Oh, I mean, I would, I would be shocked if the Sixers are even in the second round at this <laughs> yeah. point. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, they'll be fine. It's, look, I love Doc. I loved him. I thought he was the perfect coach for that team, and now I hate him. It's like, God, he's terrible. Um, no, I just, they're thin. They're way too thin. They have Harden and Embiid, which means they have Embiid every night, um, and Harden maybe some nights. Once a I mean, week. Harden has just been so damn inconsistent. And uh, I think that the Celtics – 
I've said this about the Sixers for the last couple of years is that until the Sixers beat the Celtics in the playoffs, I'm going to pick the Celtics every time. It's, you know, I thought in the 18 run that the, the Sixers were, you know, for sure going to beat the Celtics. And it wasn't like I was trying to be cocky or anything. Like I said, it's good for me when the Celtics advance. But I was so wrong. I mean, the the Celtics are just like so experienced. Their young players have been to conference finals. Um, Ime really seems to have the, have the pulse of that team. The They're locked in. They play great defense. And hopefully Time Lord's back in the second round. But... I'm not. I would not pick the Sixers to beat the Celtics. Does Absolutely that resonate not. like with the Sixers it. fan base? Because you know, we're obviously big on Reddit here, Celtics Reddit podcast. Pop into the Sixers Reddit occasionally, and there's a lot of hubris with the Philly fans, which I guess is part of the course. But they they do seem to be, I'll say, irrationally confident <laughs> going into a potential series with the Sixers. Like, how can you just uh, walk us through the mentality of that, and and how this group of people can be so confident going into? What will surely be a you know a, a losing series for them? Damn, Ben, <laughs> yeah, that's so weird because I don't look. I'm not an online Philly fan, really. Like I'm, uh, my online presence is almost all Celtics uh, stuff, and I'm just with my brother, and my my friends from home on our, our WhatsApp. You know, you know, talking about the Sixers and my experience with you know, and it. I am shocked if they're confident. It's like. It's Philly. Why would you ever expect good <laughs> things to happen? You know, every bad thing that can possibly happen to us always does. Um, you know, that's why I always talk like I'm a complex human because I'm an optimist and I'm a Philadelphia sports <laughs> fan. Doesn't really make sense. Um, so I don't know why they're confident. There's, you know, I was, you know, I'm a hinky truther and all that stuff. And that was a fun community to be a part of. But, you know, now that they're good or that they have expectations and they've kind of got the pieces. It's terrifying. I expect the worst. And if they if they prove me wrong, then I guess that's good, right? But that's how I've always approached Philadelphia sports. Um, I still can't believe the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it's like, I can't believe they're great. They're, you know, especially watch. I mean, the I wasn't, I was in the car. I was listening to the Sixers uh, Pistons game last week. It was devastating to hear. It was like how I could just, you know, losing to a team like that, with the stakes where they were, it was just, you know, anyway, like I said, I, it's next year for the Sixers. It ain't yeah, this year. Fair the, the, to be fair, the Pistons always beat good teams. So it's kind of a sign you're a good team. if They beat you. But it wasn't like Sadiq Bay was scoring 50 <laughs> points or anything. Although it was Cade kind of arriving on the scene. He's yeah. pretty awesome. Yes. But, and also hard and sucky. Yeah, absolutely. So a very likely scenario for the Celtics then, if they, if they don't encounter the Sixers in the playoffs, is they run into, into Milwaukee in the second round and lose, which I think would match most fans' preseason expectations. But since the turnaround you know, might fall short of some of those renewed expectations, if that were to happen, what do you think the Celtics should do this offseason? What moves should they make? If any, what happens to Al Horford? You know, there's a lot to consider there. What do you think the offseason looks like for the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot depends on what happens uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, it really, not a lot. I really think that they should, you know, look to improve on the edges, uh, limit the amount of bad players you have uh, that you need to rely on, and, you know, hope for some more internal growth. But, like, uh, moves like the the Derek White move were just perfect. And Danny never would have done that. Danny would he just saves all his chips for these big fish and it's as we're seeing with the team now you know it especially and you look at what happened with the Lakers where they just traded all their depth for 
you know, one, it was stupid to trade for Westbrook regardless, but to get the three stars, to me, like, you have two. And Rob is, you know, I don't know what you would call him, but he's, you know, he should be first team all defense in the in the mix for defensive player of the year. Uh, special, special talent. So, you know, build around that. Al is going to be tough because it's going to be, you know, it's hard to expect what you got from him this year again as he gets older. But you don't have to get rid of him. Uh, I know there's, you know, luxury tax, concer- tax concerns, but like the first half of the season, we're like, all right, so how are we building the Bradley Beal package? Right. You know, <laughs> you know, we got Richardson and Schroeder and all, you know, it's like, uh, you know, what can you, you know, what kind of contracts? And it's like, we can include Marcus's contract in the Brad. And now it's like, why would you bring in Bradley Beal? Like, even if you got him for free to me, that's like, yeah, that's a risk. These guys are, the chemistry is so important. With those two players, the Jays, um, Marcus has proven that, uh, you know, he can absolutely be the point guard. You know, maybe if they want to get another, you know, a ball mover, you know, but like, the, like I said, Derek White, great, great pickup. And maybe I would say like a big, definitely with the injury scare, like it looks like, you know, we'll be a little bit lucky here with, with Robert Williams coming back for the second round. But what if he wasn't? That would be mm-hmm. so depressing, you know, and just to have like a more... You know, Tice is good. He's great and all, but like maybe just like a younger player with some upside or athleticism. I don't know exactly who that is, but, you know, we'll see. But it's a long way of saying not much, you know, like really, I don't think they need to do a lot. You know, try to get better for sure. But, you know, if Tatum can play like he's playing now in the beginning of the season too, boy, they're they're a really good team. They might have won 60 games if Tatum was playing like this in the beginning of the season. Um, so we we asked Forsberg this question. And I want to ask you uh, because I just think it's kind of a fun one. So Rob Williams was like kind of a meme before he became a great player. Like everyone saw the potential. They saw the crazy athleticism. Everyone just wanted to see him play more, even though everybody knew you know, he was getting lost on defensive rotations. Maybe it wasn't the best thing for winning. And now he's blossomed into, you know, like borderline all-star value on the court, really, if you take into account his defense. So who do you think is going to be the next guy that the Celtics are kind of clam Celtics fans are clamoring to see more of, and it actually works out. And I, I could give you some candidates if you prefer, or if you got I mean, somebody. I had the oh, okay. All right, please. <laughs> it's Neesmith. It's Aaron Neesmith. Yes, my man. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> Playmore, I'm telling you, look, I compared him to Rob in that he has like, I mean, he's obviously not the outlier athlete that Rob is, but he's, you know, he's like, he spurts of like really special, like energy and uh, disruptiveness on, you know, the offensive glass and on defense, like, and, you know, he's a shooter. I know he just needs the opportunity. I think what he needs more than anything is his his basketball IQ needs to go up, which was what it was with Rob. Exactly. And the only way that gets better is to play. And I know that's hard uh, when you're a good team and you have expectations, but I really do think he could, and it looks like they're gonna, um, you know, he, he had that ankle injury, which was really unfortunate because he was starting to play a yeah. lot. And I think, you know, hopefully next year they'll they'll give him like a little bit longer leash so that, he can maybe stay out there um, after missing some shots or some assignments. But, you know, it's hard because Jalen, his rookie year, Brad yanked him real quick. Every defensive mistake he made, I felt like he got pulled out. 
And I do think that that helped him become a better defender. And, you know, then the Hayward year where Hayward came back, uh, they were yanking Jalen in and out of the, uh, the starting lineup to the bench. So, like, that I think matters. I think it helps Jalen now, the fact that he had to deal with that adversity with, you know, lineup uncertainty, really, um, and just know how to play with different people out there. So we'll see what happens with Neesmith, but he's absolutely, I mean, that would be my, he's like the guard analog or the wing analog of someone like Rob. I was just going to say, I'm just going to, was going to keep asking that question to guests we have until somebody said yeah. Neesmith. So <laughs> I'm glad I could stop. Well, who did Forsberg say? Yam Madar. Deep cut. I know. I mean, I, like hey. maybe he's, I I don't know, man. I, I would say, uh, the, the French kid or whatever would be, would yeah. be more likely because of his athleticism. He looked yeah. great in summer league, but so did Kelly Linick. Yeah. Hey, Kelly was fine. <laughs> I like the idea of Kelly. I just like the idea of the guy who went after him better. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> happens. <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. Uh, as I'm sure Philly fans do like to talk about Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. That's the final jab I'm going to get in. I, I apologize. Um, Max Letterman. No, it's all right. Come back on uh, during the offseason. We'll do the Aaron Neesmith Appreciation Hour. Hopefully, we get a lot more content to contribute to that between now and then. Uh, Max, you can find him on Twitter, at Max Letterman. You can see his great work stamped all over the Celtics broadcast every night. Max, this was fun, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. That's going to do it for this one. Thanks to Max Letterman for taking the time to come on and chop it up with us. First Emmy Award winner on the show. That's great. There you go. Thanks, of course, to Wayne Spoonie as well. The playoffs are right around the corner. And if anything, we're going to be increasing our podcast and YouTube output. So make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave a review, all that great stuff. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.